0: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the
1: official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today.
2: It's been a few weeks since I talked to Matthew Collar, the Purple Insider, but we're talking to him now, courtesy of the John schuster Call Banker Hotline. Since the last time we chatted, Matthew Collar, the Vikings got in the win column. Congratulations, Minnesota Viking football.
1: Yeah, championships. Yeah. <laughs> I mean,
2: eight-point eight wins over the
1: Carolina Panthers. Really, um, you know, not that inspiring. But at least you know, at least the season is back on, though. I mean, you go to 0-4 and lose to the Panthers. And uh, you can pack that thing up. But is the season back uh, on, we, really? And well, you know, it's not not back on. <laughs> <I> mean, if <laughs> you know, if if they go, the the crazy thing about their schedule is that when you look at what happens past San Francisco, it actually is a about as easy as a schedule the rest of the way as you're going to find. I mean, you know, two games against. Chicago, you, you know, Green Bay is not that scary. Uh, you have Denver mixed in, Atlanta, New Orleans, Vegas. Like these are all very, very winnable games. But if you start, you know, that run at two and five, at the best case scenario, that's that's pretty hard. And if they, you know, get upset at some point, you know, by Chicago or something, I believe they're playing Chicago right after a Friday the thirteenth, which seems bad to me. That seems like a bad time to be going to uh, Soldier Field. But, you know, the way I've looked at it, Henry, is they need to upset Kansas City or San Francisco at U.S. Bank Stadium, and that's the only way the season is truly back on. But it's not completely dead for now.
2: Yeah. Well, now you're facing the Kansas City Chiefs and Taylor Swift. (laughs) I love – let me ask you this. Before we even get into the football side of things, where are you at with the Taylor Swift coverage? I got no issue with it. The NFL – is having fun with it. Um, They're getting a a, a ton, a ton of viewership. Um, And from a demographic that typically doesn't watch them as much, I think one of the age ranges that they talked about here a couple of weeks ago was 12 to 49 women. I I have no issue with this at all. I'm a Swifty.
1: Yeah, so I went to Taylor Swift's concert when she was at U.S. Bank Stadium, and she did an incredible job. And she's an astonishingly great performer and has so many hit songs. The, the place was raucous. It was great. I really enjoyed it. Um, and it is cool, as you mentioned, to have uh, people that might normally not be that interested getting into football, learning about the game that may become lifelong fans because of a singer that they like. So that's that's a, kind of a profound effect. But I will say, when you're watching a game and we got to see Taylor Swift's reaction to – I don't know, every 28-yard field goal or whatever. It's a little much. Like, there are times where you're like, okay, calm down, everybody. It's uh, like, can we play this cool at least a little bit? So I could see if people are annoyed by it and they're not Swift fans, I'm not going to tell those people they're wrong. Uh, but, you know, I, I mean, whatever. It's, it's all entertainment. I just think that we don't need a reaction shot after every single kick out of the back of the end zone or whatever.
2: Yeah, no, I'm with you, man. Hey, well, let me ask you about the the Chiefs in general before we get back to the Vikings. I don't think that the Chiefs are playing great football, or at least to the level that I think that they can play at. Um, is it is it just the function of maybe they're not as talented as what everybody thought, or is it just you know they haven't really truly gelled quite yet? What do you think from what you've seen?
1: Yeah, yeah, you know what's crazy about you know Kansas City and just how the standard that they've set. Uh, when you look at, like, yards per play, right, which is a pretty good metric early in the season to kind of figure out how strong you are, uh, their offense is fifth in the NFL at yards per play, right? They're still a high-scoring offense. They're, they've still got great production uh, from their offense, and they're still you know, a really, really you know, good team who can compete for a Super Bowl, and I don't think anybody doubts that. Uh, part of it is it's almost like if there's a boxer or if it's like Mike Tyson and he has a fight where he doesn't just knock the person out in, like, eight seconds. Like, what's wrong with Mike Tyson? Why isn't he just knocking this guy out? <laughs> yeah. um, you know, but, but last week they're playing against a great Jets defense with one of the best defensive coaches in the league, and I think it really showed. I also think that, you know, when you just let receivers come and go, um, you know, okay, they survived Tyreek Hill going to Miami as great as he is, but then Juju Smith-Schuster was a pretty darn big a part of their attack last year and you kind of hope and pray that guys that you draft uh, are going to just step in, you know, Sky Moore has not been very good for them. And I think that that's been part of it. The other thing is too, same goes for their tackles where they had two pretty decent tackles that they let go. And the guys they have now are horrible. And if there's an argument for the Vikings winning this game, I think it starts with Marcus Davenport and Daniil Hunter being the biggest advantage on the field. I mean, they, they, they could absolutely maul these, these horrendous tackles that Kansas city has and I, even as great as Mahomes is at avoiding pressure and not getting sacked when he's pressured, there isn't a quarterback that has ever played in NFL history that is just fine with being you know, pressured all the time and having bad tackles and, and so forth. So I do think that they are weaker than they have been in years past. Weaker as in still could definitely win the Super Bowl, but not feeling this invincibility that they have had in years past.
2: I wish I had the confidence to think that Marcus Davenport is going to put back-to-back games together where he's going to play like that. It's one thing to get after uh, Bryce, but it's another thing to get after Pat. I just – the Davenport thing, hey, I'm happy to see it. I'm a Vikings fan. I'm not putting any faith in it.
1: Yeah, and I understand that. He's also been limited a bit at practice, which is probably – I mean, you know, probably to be expected from the injury he was recovering from. And I agree with you. It's not even – it's never even 100% clear – is he going to play? Is he not going to play? And I think that's going to be something that we deal with from a weekly basis. And this was kind of what they knew when they signed Marcus Davenport, is that he had these injury issues, but when he's on the field, he's really darn good. And I just looked this up. By PFF, the tackles for the Chiefs ranked 43rd and, let me see here, 62nd out of 63. So, I mean, these are bad tackles. And I was impressed really last week at how – uh, Brian Flores found uh, good matchups for Marcus Davenport. He lined him up over the guard, which was something that Davenport never did uh, in New Orleans, and he dominated that guard a couple of times. You, you know, you also have Daniil Hunter moving around a little bit, which will be interesting to see how they do. When Davenport is at anywhere close to 100%, he's kind of a monster. I mean, there was a, a play where they tried to run his way, and he grabbed the tight end by the shoulder pads, and launched him in the air like a child. It was like, that's how strong this guy is. That's how big this guy is. But you're probably going to have to deal with that week-to-week thing. If he is anywhere close to 100%, that's a big edge for the Vikings. If he's not, the drop-off from Davenport to Patrick Jones or DJ Wanham is absolutely massive and could make a difference in this game Is just how healthy Marcus Davenport is.
2: We're talking to Matthew Koller, Purple Insider here on News Talk eight three zero WCCO, courtesy of the John Schuster Cole Banker Hotline. You know, when when I look at the Vikings and to this point with only having the one victory through the first four games, I felt like even though you know there were the first couple of games, Alexander Madison um, had some struggles and 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 needed to take better care of the football. I, I thought that he was somewhat of a scapegoat. Now, now I think that when I had tweeted about after the Cam Akers move, I kind of felt like it was a panic move. And I think that people looked at it as though I was taking a shot at Cam Akers. I'm not taking a shot at, at Cam Akers. Cam Akers, I think, is, 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 is a decent running back. But I, I felt like people were kind of scapegoating Alexander Madison. And we saw in week three how he, you know, he, played, he played better and actually he played pretty well last week. W- what do you think is the state of the running game? Because I still don't have any faith and trust in their offensive line.
1: Yeah, um, so with Cam Akers, I think it was more about Ty Chandler and the health of Kenny Wongwu uh, is having somebody who they can spell with Alexander Madison because even if you look at Delvin Cook or go back to Emmett Smith, like there's usually there's another running back who could come in the game. And with Ty Chandler, they just did not trust him to play at all. I think he carried the ball four times for zero yards in the first two weeks. Like, that's just not going to fly uh, when Madison has never been a bell cow back. And I think you saw why Kevin O'Connell wanted Cam Akers here. I mean, that guy's got some juice to his running. The last two weeks, they have been nothing short of phenomenal in the offensive line in blocking for the run game. Just fantastic. I mean, Cam Akers averaged eight yards a carry. Alexander Madison was over five. Um, Even when you go back to the Chargers game, they ran it extremely well. Those are also two really bad defensive lines. I mean, Khalil Mack can rush the passer. So could Joey Bosa, but the interior of uh, that line and the linebackers for the Chargers, not a good situation. Eric Hendricks wasn't playing, and they took full advantage of that. They blocked it up extremely well. The question is, like, here you're playing a better team, and you're playing a team that has Chris Jones on it. And so can you have a consistent running game, when you're playing against a team like this. And, and the funny thing about this, this one-in-three team versus like what we saw last year is that there's so many similarities to this team. It feels kind of similar in its strength where some weeks it works, some weeks it doesn't. Some weeks you get great Kirk. Some weeks you get bad Kirk. Some weeks the defense looks competent, makes a big play. Some weeks it looks like they've never played defense in their life. And that's just kind of who they are As a football team, but they haven't been able to finish games so far in the season. And, you know, you wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me if they uh, had a really effective offensive attack versus Kansas City or if we had a Kirk, you know, 325 start and he threw a pick on the first drive. I mean, with this team week to week in almost every area, whether it's running game, passing, offense, defense it's you know anything other than the kicker who's been great so far has been just so inconsistent I mean that's it's it's our it's hard to figure but I think if they can repeat what they did on the ground that certainly helps their offense in a big way
2: are you what do you make of the usage of Jordan Addison do, do you think he's going to get some more balls thrown his way or do you think that this is how this is going to play out for a while
1: yeah I mean last week was kind of weird because they only ran something like 40 plays and that's That is a concern every week that opponents are just going to dink and dunk and be happy with controlling, you know, two-thirds of the game on the clock, which we've seen every single week from teams that are playing against the Vikings with these 11-play, nine-minute drives and stuff like that. So that does make it harder for guys to rack up reception totals. Uh, I also think that there was a drive against the Chargers where it seemed like they just wanted to throw to Addison every time maybe had a favorable matchup and he ran some short routes and he made some nice plays, ran to the sticks and used his route running in short areas. It was, it was great. I, there needs to be more of that. There also needs to be more than 8.1 yards per reception for TJ Hawkinson. And there also needs to be more of KJ Osborne consistently. Right. And I, that was one of the big selling points for this offense was that it wasn't going to be just the Justin Jefferson offense. It was supposed to be Jefferson and friends, but his friends have only shown up from time to time so far. And if you're going to beat a team like Kansas City, yeah, Jefferson's going to have to go for 150 or more. You're going to need Addison. You're going to need Osborne. You're going to need Hawkinson. I I think Addison's route running gets him open all the time. It's just a matter of can you kind of commit to him being the top target for a drive and not just have everything based on Justin Jefferson. And and I don't blame O'Connell for doing this, but sometimes I feel like Everything has to go through Jefferson, and then if it's not there, then it's, oh, what do I do now, when you have the talent to not be that way.
2: All right, two final questions for you, Matthew. First, um, who is the pass catcher, not named Travis Kelsey, that concerns you the most to the Kansas City Chiefs? Because we know one thing. We know that Mahomes to Kelsey is going to work. They're going to find ways to get him the football. Outside of Travis Kelsey, who concerns you?
1: Uh, Is Dwayne Bowe still around? Um, Tamar Vanover, Dante Hall, any of these guys, they still play for this team? Um, no, I, I think uh, its it's got to be Rasheed Rice, their rookie, because his yards after catch ability has got to be pretty scary. I mean, this Viking secondary has done a pretty decent job so far, and where they've been real good, I think, has been tackling. There hasn't been a ton of missed tackles from, like, Cam Bynum or a Caleb Evans, who had a real great tackle, uh, like, on a, on a loss. Um, or on a tackle for loss last week. I mean, I think that they've done a really good job there. Byron Murphy even has had some struggles with coverage, but has been a very good tackler. This guy has some juice. Like, he's got some speed that he can break away from people. And I think Kansas City is really going to commit to throwing the ball short over and over and over and trying to get it into Pacheco's hands, McKinnon, Rice, Skymore, get these guys moving and see if they can break a tackle and get big gains that way. Um, I think that's going to be a major part of the strategy because they don't have brilliant
2: route runners
1: in this group. They really have more guys who, who can make plays with the with the ball in their hands you'd, and you'd, then try to hit one big pass to like Valdez-Scantlick or something.
2: You just touched on it. I, I, I think that you could make a case that we could see a big game coming from Jerick McKinnon. Like I, if I was Kansas City, I'm definitely trying to dial up jerk Mc, uh, McKinnon uh, out of the backfield. And just even, not, even out of the slot, I mean, he lines up in a couple of different spots. I, I think he's extremely talented as a pass catcher.
1: Totally agree. I, I mean, I think he's a complete player. He can pass block as well. He's a guy that they'll have in a lot. I think because Flores, I don't think Flores is going to stop blitzing just because he's facing Patrick Mahomes. So we're gonna. I think we're going to see a lot of McKinnon because he's a very good uh, blocker, but he's a weapon, and that's really what it's got to be for them, I think. They really have very little. Maybe Justin Watson uh, can go down the field a bit. Baldess Scantling can go down the field a bit. But really, it's to me, it's their playmakers that if you let them get any sort of space, uh, they're going to hurt you.
2: Give me a prediction.
1: Uh, you know, I think that the Vikings have a, maybe a better chance in this game than a lot of people will give them, but I will say something like 28-24 Kansas City.
2: 28-24. So the Vikings, whatever you push, I think the line is the Kansas City Chiefs are minus
0: four. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what?